Welcome back to another episode of And Then There Were Two, uh, the very special podcast hosted by me, yours truly, Kevin McCray, and I'm here with Sarah from Gabonga today as always. Uh, we took a little hiatus. Classes got kind of hectic. We had finals and, you know, Seraphim's out here winning medals and, you know, just just all around good time, man. We, we were doing our thing in college, so we, we took a little break. But, um, you know, we're happy to be back nonetheless, and we're happy to just be able to talk to you guys as always. But we'll go ahead and kick things off just by, you know, talking about what we've been up to, man. Seraphim, I, you know, I, I mentioned you won a couple of medals, man. Talk to us. What, what, what's, what's been going on in your life? But, uh, <laughs> you know, in the track side of things, as uh, the listeners probably know by now, I'm a 400 hurdler over at a D2 institution down in South Carolina. And recently we had our conference championships and I finished fourth in my individual event for the 400 hurdles. And um, I was actually a second and a half away from national qualifying time, you know, just 0.9 away from the school record and 0.4 away from my country's record, the Democratic Republic. Big things, big things. And um, also got a bronze medal in the four by 400 meter relay, which was uh, pretty nice because we came in unseated. We didn't run it all year. It was a, it was like a, a B team that just thrown together literally after my events. And, uh, you know, we still came in and scored. So it's pretty cool. Excuse me. That's all right, man. And you, um, you know, with all this COVID stuff going on, you're, you still technically have two years left, don't you? Or is it three? I do have two years left after this, so. Yeah, so. Hopefully Masters, GA, something like that, where I can continue running. That would be my fifth year. Right, right, right. Well, man, that's that's all right, bro. And you, uh, you know, you mentioned that you were, you were close to breaking the school's record, breaking your car, your home country's record, and. You know, you got two years, bro. I, I see you shattering those in, in a very, very near future. You know, because just the work that y'all put in, you know, the dedication and going through all this COVID stuff. Like, dude, I'm an athlete too, so I know it's just how hard it is to get tested every day and going through all these protocols and nothing being completely regular. So just to see you out here flourishing and, you know, getting close to breaking records and doing what you do, man, that's just, that's beautiful. Man, that's I really beautiful. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it comes with all the other things going on outside of track. So just being able to, you know, have the students and then the athlete portion really come out too. It really, even, it really makes me put a smile to my face for real. Right, right, right. And then um, the viewers might not know, but uh, excuse me, I, let's backtrack. I introduced it wrong, man. This, this is Mr. President. All right, Mr. President, talk to us about that, Mr. President. I I apologize. I completely forgot to mention that. Talk to us about that. Man, oh, my God. You bringing back some. When I tell you it was stressful, Kenny, oh, my God. The campaign season was so stressful. We had people ripping down our posters, flyers, going around, having to meet and greet every single person in, in campus, every person outside of campus, seeing if people would be willing to make endorsement videos. But it was all worth it. It was all worth it. You know, I was able to win the election, got about 68%. No, I got about 70% of the vote. So that was great. I uh, was able to meet some of our city council members. I, I met the mayor, you know, finally, finally met him. 
and just we have a lot of things going going up for us we have big plans for next year and i can't wait to implement that into fruition but yes sir M mr president you know it has a little nice ring to it so <laughs> it, man. It's, it's beautiful he's out here getting close to breaking records he's running track he's, he's an athlete and he's the president man that's that's just I, I'm, I'm gonna throw some clapping animations in there we, we gotta clap it up for my man so you got to that's really beautiful up in the steam chat <laughs> like it's class again <laughs> but yeah, Kenny, Kenny you want you want to tell us a little bit what, about what you've been up to over the past few weeks uh man the past few weeks you know I've just been you know getting getting finals ready and I'm actually in a, uh they call it May term it's kind of like a little spring class to get uh some extra credits done for your your, your uh I can't think of where I just went blank right there, but it's an extra spring class to get credit. So, you know, I'm kind of in that right now. We're just working out pretty much every day, just trying to get back right and get ready for next season. Um, this past season for us, it was, it definitely was hectic. I will say that I ended up having a, we, we, we played a five game season. Mm. Um, you know, I dressed the first game, didn't play the first game, but the second and third game, I actually had to go into quarantine. One of my roommates caught COVID when he went home and, you know, gave it to all of us. So we actually had to go into quarantine. And that was that was a wild thing to just even be a part of, just not being able to taste or smell and just – it's frustrating. because And I'm, I'm thankful I didn't go through any of the harsh symptoms like uh, chest tightness and shortness of breath or, you know, anything that was kind of like that people have been going through that's really, really bad. I'm, I'm really thankful that I didn't get, have to go through that, but – just not being able to, you know, biting, biting into your food, man, and not tasting it, having to taste like paper. It's mm. nothing more frustrating than that. And then, you know, being able to not decipher Gatorade, but knowing that it's sugary is just, it, it was a crazy experience. But, you know, all in all, we made it through it. We, we did it. I came back out, um, you know, we had two more games. We played the same team twice, which that was a doozy in itself. But, you know, I ended up starting the game after the last game of the season uh got you know my first win and you know we did all that so uh it's just this year not even the 2020 2021 season semester my junior year has been completely hectic but you know what we did it i made it through and i wouldn't have it any other way because you know what what's some adversity mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but other than that man we just been you know, working every day, grinding this process, and we're trying to just get better. That's all. Just in life and school and football and everything. That's that's really all it is, bro. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and pivot and transition from that. We'll just jump, in, jump back into the track world a little bit. Well, track and football, really, just the sports world overall. Uh for the viewers that may not know, and I, I, I'm going to assume that most of you know because I assume most of you guys are sports fans. Uh, DK Metcalf plays receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. He is definitely a specimen. Like this man is a freak of nature. Huge six, what six four, six five, two hundred something pounds, something like that, crazy. Yeah, and um, he's pretty fast. There's a, there's this clip, this viral clip uh, when they played the. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Buda Baker, uh, DB Carter pick, you know, he got about 60, 70 yards on the field. And DK started literally five yards in the end zone and hawked him down, right? And so there had been this whole, like, discussion of, like, yo, if DK ran track, what would he do, this, that, and third? Well, DK actually tried to do that. 
<laughs> he tried he tried to go and uh qualify for the Olympics, didn't we right? The Olympics. Mm-hmm. He tried to qualify for the Olympics and you know he ran against um trap runners and you know but I, I'm I'm gonna let Sarah speak on that because he can tell you track speed is different. Like you might be football fast, but track fast is just a whole different kind of fast. Because if you go back and watch that DK race, DK ran a ten he ran a ten three seven. Right, and is is that a good time or a decent time, right, for a sprinter? Like, look, talk to us about that because I, I don't sprint, so I, I really wouldn't. So I won't lie to you. I won't lie to you, Kenny. Anytime I talk to anyone in the track and field world, whether it's a coach, you know, another athlete, you get two completely different perspectives on this. One perspective is that there's no reason that a football player should be taking someone else's spot and running track and things like that. And the other perspective is that DK Metcalf actually came out there 6'4", 235, and ran a 10.36 or 10.37, which is actually pretty fast when you consider uh, knowing that football speed and track speed, I I don't even think I can go into extreme detail on that, Kenny, but it's two completely different things. But DK, he did something. He did something. I won't lie to you. Uh, For... I think the winner of that heat ran around a 10.12. So the time difference was around 0.2 seconds off from DK. And mind you, this is DK's first, like, true 100-meter race since, I don't know, when was the last time he ran in high school. And he was able to come out there and do that. Not only is that fast, but at the weight that he's carrying without the speed endurance training to finish out of 100 meters if anyone watched the clip you can see he started dying off around 60 meters in but he kept up with that heat that heat of spin- or sprinters at the golden games who are really elite so this is not dk's not, i mean if you were if you were to give him a couple months i'll say give him six months true track training he could probably be down there in 10 10.0s because he's and he got to slim down, of course, because he's pretty fast. He's pretty fast. And I think that's that was impressive. That was impressive. Right. Like you mentioned, he kept up with that heat. Like, we, we talked about this in our group chat when it happened. But it was crazy to see because his start actually wasn't that bad. Like, I know there was a clip of him, like, practicing his start. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, he's coming up too fast. And, you know, it just – it didn't look like a true track start. But if you really look at it, he – like you said, the first 60 meters, he was right there neck and neck. And this crazy guy went out there and held his own, but still got smoked <laughs> in, in the same breath. So it just for me, that just goes to show like how how different track runners are. Like it's just a different kind of speed. Cause y'all can keep that speed and endurance up for hundred meters, in your case, four hundred meters, and even beyond that. Football is really more so about burst speed, right? So mm-hmm. DK's initial burst off the line, great. But like you said, he just couldn't keep that up. So I don't know. All I know is me personally, I would never run a 100 meter dash against anybody <laughs> that even remotely is close to track. Like I, I'm good because I'm like DK. Once I hit about, once I hit 20 meters, y'all might get me, bro. I'm. It's over. It's over. But hope. Oh, I one thing that I truly hope doesn't happen is that seeing all of these random football players come and try to spike up, thinking that everything's going to be sweet. I mean, DK was humble and had some humility afterwards saying that, oh, this is a track sport. You know, I got smoke, things of that sort. We don't want people like Golden Tate coming 
here and saying, you know, suiting up, wearing some spikes and talking about how, you know, they, they're faster than anyone on the track and field. We don't want that in the sport of track and field. And that's why so many people, so many people in the, the sport or the track and field world today are actually upset DK ran that race, that he was allowed to, you know, wear that spikes and take, um, take a spot away from someone else who could have been invited to the Golden Games. But my perspective on that is really different. Track and field, if DK did not run that race, track and field would not have been in the eyes of this different audience. People who normally could care less about track would not have watched it if it wasn't for DK running that race. Even though he got smoked, even though he ran that 10-3-6 behind uh, his heat, just having that set of eyes is good for the future of track because people say, oh, this is actually something that's interesting. And maybe they want to research about the other people in that heat that ran pretty fast. And when you start doing that, now you have everyone being able to build their brands in the track and field world, not solely um, due to football. So it's it's a little give or take. You know, I love the humility he showed. He ran pretty fast. Don't get me wrong. If someone told you that he ran slow, they're lying. He ran pretty fast for 235. Not track fast, but fast. And yeah, he showed he showed everyone what he has, the potential that he has. And it's good for the sport, in my opinion. I look, I definitely agree. And I think, um, you know, I'll go ahead and compare this to boxing. I think it's kind of like the Logan Paul, Jake Paul effect. You know, mm -hmm. you look at a lot of the boxing peers and they're like, yo, what are these two young YouTuber dudes doing? They're disrespecting the sport, you know, all that kind of things. And like, which I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Like, you know, you put Logan Paul, Jake Paul against any formidable boxer that has like even like half the training that a pro boxer would. Somebody that's like actually boxing their whole life, and that's what they do. That's what that's their craft. That's what they perfect. They're gonna smoke Logan and Jake Paul and any of these YouTubers, KSI, any of these guys. They're gonna smoke them. But like you said, it's bringing that different set of eyes. Like you might get somebody from the YouTube fan base might be like, "Oh my God, boxing is really a good sport." Like I really genuinely enjoy that. Like I want to look more into. It. You might create another fan. So. You know, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, it's definitely bringing a different set of eyes. Like, yeah, you're taking away somebody's spot, but it, in turn, you're bringing more fan base revenue for the for the sport. So, I, I think it. I agree. I, I definitely think it is good. It's good for the. It's good for both sides, really, for both parties. Absolutely. But um, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump from out of the track world and we'll jump in the in the basketball, really, man. Let's let's just. For me, that I have not enjoyed basketball this year. We did fantasy basketball, and I won a total of two games. Right, like I, it, it, it got bad. You know, I, I beat, I beat the president at the beginning of the year. You know, I, I was feeling myself. That was week two. I came up hard loss week one. Beat the president in week two, and then I lost just I don't know how many straight. It was bad. I didn't get my next win until I played one of the other guys that is somehow worse than me in the league we're not i'm not gonna say his name but he's worse than me i have no idea how but i played him i beat him and then i actually played in the little constellation bracket and i would beat him and i'm, I'm about to be prince in the constellation brackets you know I, I think i'm doing it i'm doing my thing in the constellation you no know, he bounced back a little bit kind of but that's neither here nor there the big topic about basketball is going to be uh, the lakers sk has been a life or yeah sk's been a lifelong lakers fan i and so you kind of know how that goes, but um, yeah, what what has been going on with the Lakers? I think it comes down to one simple answer. We both know the answer to this: injuries, injuries. I mean, it's a COVID year. Don't get me wrong, but when you're missing LeBron James and you're missing Anthony Davis at the same time, 
and you have to rely on role players like Alex Caruso, you know, T.A.E., and things of that sort, there's only so much they can do. I mean, KCP can't dribble to save his life. What is he going to create for? So I think that combined with this just being a COVID year, you know, you have the Utah Jazz out here winning double-digit games straight. It's like, come on, that would never happen in a normal year. So that reason, injuries, and of course, COVID, is the reason why the Lakers are falling so far back. I mean, what are they, the seven, seven seed now, eighth seed, I think? They're in a play-in tournament. So uh, they're, Well, I think they're um, – hold on, I'll pull it up real quick. But while I'm talking about it, I think they actually have won, like, maybe I think it was five straight or something like that. And there's a chance they actually end up in the fifth seed. Like, there's definitely a chance. Hold on, let me – yeah, they're seven seed right now, but there's a chance they, I think, went out and get some help from, you know, the Ma- the Mavericks and the Trouble is just losing. There's a chance they end up in the fifth seed and avoid the playing game. So, you know, that can happen. But I definitely agree with you in the sense of, like, it's a COVID year. And I think that um, the fact that they had just won a championship and I think they played within, I think, 72 days of doing that, I think that definitely came back to bite them. And as you saw, the injury bug hit them, which, I mean, that you, you play a calendar year of anything. Right, it's gonna come back to haunt you eventually. So, I definitely agree with that. LeBron had what was it his longest injury of his career or longest injury absence of his career? Like you said, AD was out, but AD's coming back. He's he's getting back to form. They said LeBron be ready for the playoffs, and you know how LeBron is in the playoffs. He's just a different animal. So, there's hope. <laughs> there's yeah. hope. There is hope unless, uh, you know, Brooklyn actually, you know, if Brooklyn, they have it in the bag, okay? Unless they fold completely, James Harden coming back, KD, Kyrie, they have it in the bag. But, Kenny, wh- what are your thoughts on the play-in tournament format? And uh, for our viewers that, or for our listeners that haven't heard, the NBA is testing out a playoff format where the 7th and 8th seed actually play in the play-in tournament and the ninth and 10th seed also play in too. So the loser of the seventh and eighth seed actually plays the winner of the ninth and tenth seed for the eighth seed sp- spot, while the um, the winner of the seventh and eighth seed game gets the seventh seed spot. So Kenny, what what are your thoughts on that? Are you is this something you're a fan of? Is this something you wish the NBA would keep for life? Uh, me personally, I, I think the playing tournament is cool, but I don't think it was totally necessary. I think when you have you know eight spots of conference, that's sixteen spots total. And you're doing a play-in uh, spot for a team that's in the ninth or tenth seed. Like, say, say it's the East or whatever. I don't know how the East is looking this year. Matter of fact, hold on, it's right in front of me. Um, yeah, say it's the East, right? And you've got teams like, well, the East is not that bad this year, but say it's the East in past years, where you've got teams that are like, you know, one through eight is like somewhat formidably good, like they're decent. And then once you hit, like, 9, 10 is where that drop-off really starts to happen. Like sometimes you'll have teams that are competing and, like, on the bubble. But, you know, if you've got a stacked conference or a conference is just, like, top-heavy like the East where it's always one or two teams each year. You know, you might have a team like, uh, let's say, the Wizards this year that are, like, you know, they're playing decent basketball. But by the same token, if they get matched up against the Nets, they're getting swept. Right? So it's kind of like, is that really necessary? Like, but then in the same breath, I think it's good for, like I said, just to play devil's advocate and like look at the flip side of that. You got teams like the Charlotte Hornets, you know what I'm saying? And I don't – I'm not a Charlotte Hornets fan by any like – and I'm not going to pretend to be that, but I, I think it's definitely good to see the hometown team in the playoffs, right? 
like they're decent this year. They're the end of the AFC, so they would have made the playoffs regardless. But I think it definitely, you know, would be good to see those two, the, that team in the playoffs and have a shot to, you know, be there and just experience that because you know, Charlotte sports is just, just ew, it is a dark it is a dark age for Charlotte sports, but. We're not gonna speak. I'm not talking about football today. We're not gonna speak on that. So, but yep. not, it's just it's it's just kind of like depends on how you look at it and where you're at. If you're always a one, two, three, or four seed, you're gonna be like, it's no point. Like, why are these dudes even doing this? You're wasting my time. But if you're one of those teams that's like a fringe team that's always on the bubble, you might enjoy it. So, I personally don't think it's necessary, though. I will say that. I'll tell you one thing, Eric Collins. You know the Charlotte's announcer or the Hornets announcer. He Carrying Charlotte on his his back. Hum diddly d. Hum diddly d. Hum That okay. Those calls. I I watched a YouTube montage and I'm telling you, I was dying. That man is goaded. So being able to see him in the playoffs now, that's yes. something I'm a fan of. But I would actually have to disagree with you a bit because I I see why it wouldn't be necessary, but. Just having a play-in tournament is exciting. Now, if you're the seventh or eighth seed now, you'd, you'd probably be pissed. I mean, we saw LeBron James come out and talk about how this is the worst idea that's ever been thought of, and the person that thought of this needs to be fired. But he's only saying that because he has to play in a play-in tournament. Yeah. He, he definitely vouched for it before it happens. Well, exactly. didn't forget that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So think about it. You have now 10 teams who are able to, you know, play in this, potentially play in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden it's not about the race for the eighth seed. It's about just sneaking into that ninth, 10th seed. And then being one of those teams, like it's March Madness all over again, basically with this play-in tournament. Because if you are able to, let the Wizards, for example, they started off horrible. I mean, you were they were the 14th seed at one point in the East. But now they just snuck up, snuck in. They're probably the ninth or eight or the tenth seed now, and they're on a complete roll right now. So anybody that's in the seventh seed right now definitely does not want to see the Wizards. However, this playing tournament allows for teams who probably sucked all year long, but just got hot at the end of the season to now, you know be in front of as many eyes as possible. Now they can market this play-in tournament saying, oh, it's not just the playoffs where you know exactly who's going to win because we we probably know who's going to win. It's either going to be Brooklyn or probably going to be the Lakers, one of the two. But now you're thinking about something other than that, something other than a four or seven, best of seven series, and it's just exciting. Because imagine, imagine if the Lakers and the Warriors play in the play-in tournament the, the Lakers lose, and now all of a sudden they're just one game away from being titles, title or title contenders or reigning champions, actually, and getting eliminated before they even got to the playoffs. That's exciting. Even if they don't win, even if they don't lose, that's exciting for the sport. So I see why the owners are so happy about this, and I see why LeBron James is so mad about this. But I think it's I'd be interested in it. I haven't been watching the NBA too much this year, but I, I have been keeping up due to fantasy. But this is exciting. I can't wait for these games to happen. I can't wait for, you know, uh, Steph Curry to come out here and just blow people out, shoot 10 threes in, the, in a game that he has to win because of this format. No, I, I definitely agree. I think it's definitely exciting. But I will say, I think that if this was what they were going to do, I think Adam Silver... He chose the wrong time to roll it out 
especially since I, like we talked about it's an injury riddle season season is shortened by COVID and they just kind of like tried to rush it and get it to happen. I think if this is going to be the case, they probably should have waited maybe a year. And I'm sure there's some kind of caveat or technicality as to why they chose to roll it out this year. But, you know, I, I definitely think they could have waited and cooled off because, you know, that's part of the reason, like you said, about players like LeBron are so mad because, you know, they're getting put in this bond. And like LeBron's been playing basketball since what? When did, when did, it, when did it come back? I think it was like August of last year. You talking about in yes August into the bubble yeah, he's been playing ball since like August. You know they had a seventy two day off season or layover, whatever you want to call it, and he took some rest days at the beginning of the season, but still, really get that true off season, and neither did the whole entire Lakers team. So, you know, it's it's just I, I see what you're saying. I'll definitely be tuned in to watch Steph Curry hit forty threes. I like <laughs> seeing that. So I used to be a big Steph Curry hater, but I mean he, he's great. He just, there's no way around it. It's greatness. It's beautiful to watch when he's not shooting threes on, on the Cavs and pooping <laughs> on their uh, title chances. But hey, know. what did Baysmore say? You got people hurting hamstrings to keep up. <laughs> hey man, good good old basketball beef. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But um, yeah, that that we'll cut that out. Yeah, we'll go ahead and just uh, pivot to a a little more serious topic or whatever. You know, and I, I'll go ahead and let you talk about this one first. It's um, Major League Baseball. They're actually – they're all-star game for 2021. It was originally slated to be played in Atlanta um, at the Braves Stadium. And they actually had to – the commissioner, Rob Manfred, decided to, you know, move it, get it moved to Colorado, uh, you know, in lieu of uh, Georgia's voting laws that have been – past they're controversial but I'll let you talk about that first we'll let you go ahead and lead off with that so obviously after the presidential election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump you know a lot of states have been going out and state legislators actually have been going out and different laws that would restrict some voting rights in different states so I know uh, Georgia is one of those states Florida is another one of those states a lot of them are actually red states Um, however some of the drawbacks from these um, enactments of these voting laws is actually that the Major League Baseball, other different private businesses do not want to do business over in those states. So Major League Baseball, as Kenny had described, is actually one of those states or one of those uh, private entities that have removed their all-star game from Atlanta due to those um, voting laws. So this is where we get into an interesting case of should is this something that should sporting events be moved away from these states simply due to the politics? Or is this something that is not a big deal, Kenny? Uh, me personally, I think that, um, you know, I definitely think that the Major League be- or, yeah, the Major League Baseball, you know, just, I think they did the right thing uh, in moving it away. Because I think that, like, you know, if you, if you tell, if you say that, you know, baseball shouldn't be like in politics, all that kind of stuff. Well, that, to me, that'd be kind of the same as saying like, you know, you know, nobody should be talking about politics as far as like LeBron or like any of the, you know, head figures in sports shouldn't be talking about politics. I think that, you know, a lot of the youth and just, there's it, it, no way around it. Sports in general are like a big commodity just in everybody's lives. I can say as an American, you know, that's kind of like just one of the big, draws tickets. A lot of people take inspiration from sports and a lot of people like pay attention to what is going on. You got a lot of kids watching the game and, you know, just 
yeah, I, I feel like at some point you got to make a stand when it comes to issues like that, right? You got to, like, stand on it, right? Like, if you just kind of, like, be like, hey, I'm, I'm getting my money and, you know, that's just going on in the background, you know, it's bad, but at the end of the day, these checks are coming. I'm not really worried about it. Well, then it'll keep happening, you know. It, it's just, that's, this is wrong. Right is right, wrong is wrong, but I think they definitely made the right move moving it and i think that you know that's kind of how it's always going to be when it comes to stuff like that like if you look back at how the nba did it with the all-star game in um charlotte that one time that got moved dude i think it was house bill 32 or it, it was the, the bathroom bill in north carolina how it got moved right like i think that definitely was kind of one of the things where it's like you know the nba made the right move now me as a uh, north carolina native i don't like because I, I wanted a chance to maybe potentially go to see the all-star game that year so you know, it kind of like was like it sucked, but at the end of the day, you could see why it happened, right? You can see why these things happen. So I think it's definitely like these major commodities and these major leagues need to just start taking stances more like this more often to say, hey, you know, we want this, that, we want to vouch for this. Because if you look at it at the end of the day, I know I think baseball is probably like I, I don't know the percentages and numbers of you know uh, players and ethnicities in the league, but just taking it back to like basketball, man. Like it's a lot of these leagues are majority, you know, majority black, brown minorities. Right. So it's kind of like, if you're not, if you're shying away or ignoring these minority issues or these issues that directly affect minorities, it's kind of like, well, you know, we're hurting a lot of our players in turn, a lot of our players, families. And, you know, it's just, it's, I think it's a bad look to ignore these kind of issues, but you know, what, what would you say about it? How do you feel about it? I would actually have to agree, especially with that last part you were talking about, you know, especially my minority, brown, black, uh, especially the players. And you have these leagues go up here taking a stand for them. I think it's actually admirable in a way. You know, obviously, they might, <laughs> they're probably just doing this for PR. But still, you know, and it begs the question of why are these state governments doing something knowing just how much revenue they're going to lose in the process? Just, for example, you talked about HB2, the House Bill 2, the bathroom bill. That bill costed North Carolina about $3.76 billion in lost business over a dozen years, according to AP. $3.76 billion for a bill that got, that didn't, well, it got passed, but then it got uh, rejected or turned away just a couple months later. So at that point, it's like, what what are state governments really gaining from applying things like restrictive you're losing a ton of new business that if you just simply let or even if they wanted to restrict voting laws a little bit they could have done that but to the point where you can't even hand out water bottles to people without you know getting in trouble getting fined things of that sort it's just extreme it's just extreme but then you know to play devil's advocate you have to go into the to thinking of you know if now the state governments are, for example, if the MLB pulls out of Atlanta and the state government were to remove this restrictive voting law, what now stops private businesses from all over the country from dictating exactly what these governments are going to be passed? That problem now, you got companies now running states, companies now running the United States. And that's that's a potential way of looking at it, too. So. You know, not necessarily talking about this issue at hand, but potentially down the line, you start snowballing effects and uh, this this situation flips on now your belief system. 
who, who's to say that private businesses run America? Who's to say that? So it's a bit, it, when I think about it that way and also think about, you know, just how much and things of that sort now, it's really a dichotomy of how I, how I believe I'm a bit conflicted, but overall, I truly believe that, you know, these, the MLB private entity has all the power in the world to do business in whatever state they want to do it to. And if they want to pull out of Atlanta for any reason, they can pull out of Atlanta. If they want to make a stance, they can do that. But I just don't want it to get to the point where now businesses are com completely dictating what's on the agenda of the government. No, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Not, not as you put it that way, and I would think about it that way. That, is, that definitely could be, like you said, something that could be definitely problematic down the road, right? To where you think, you know, these companies are running America pretty much, which I, if you really think about it, they kind of already do in a sense. Like, it's not right, but, yeah. you know, I, I definitely see what you're saying about that. But, you know, I, I think when it comes to just topics like, like this one in general, just with, you know, these laws that are obviously being passed that, you know, hamper, hold down, and basically just deter, you know, minorities from getting out and doing what our, just what your right is, or, you know, just to go out and vote. Like, I think that's, I, I really don't, and I mean, a lot of it's just pandering to your base, but I, I really don't see like the purpose in passing these laws, like you said, right? You're, you end up losing revenue in turn. Like it's just, you basically shoot yourself in the foot just, hey. to, just to pander to your own base, right? And you keep getting those votes that are coming from your base, right? But you shoot yourself in the foot. That's too much to a, to a point where it's like you're losing money a lot and you're, it, it, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, man. I agree. And nothing. Nothing hits home like the pockets do. So they anything they could deal with all the social backlash, but as soon as those pockets start getting hit, now they gotta start reconsidering. Oh, is this really the right decision for us to take as a state? But you you just hit the nail on the head. You know you have these business or you have these state governments pandering completely and solely to their base simply due to the fact that they believe that the election was stolen. So now you got these governments now passing these uh, specific pieces of legislation that impact their not only their image as a state for other businesses to do um uh, private businesses to do business in but they also impact their pockets because now if you're a business like nike why would you do why would you keep headquarters why would you do business in a state where you know they have all of this controversy going on you just don't want to deal with the headaches so you up and leave and that just removes jobs, that removes uh, money from your economy, and it just—it <laughs> really is. It just makes no sense as to why some of these governments would do that. But you know, that's just how they decided to go with things. And if that's the way to continue to do it, then hey, who am I to say that they can't do that? They can, and they're just gonna have to deal with the repercussions if they come. Right, right, for sure. But um, needless to say, you know. Just to kind of wrap all that, sum all that up, I definitely think the MLB made the right move and uh, moving it, moving the North Star game to Colorado. And just to jump, just to go back to that basketball when they moved it from Charlotte, I think they made the right move then too. So I think it's, you know, a lot, a lot of these things are, like you said, and they're probably just PR things. The, these owners, they probably don't even really feel that way. It's probably just PR, but it, I, I think it, it, it's a smart PR move, put it that way. It is. It is. But uh, you know, that's all that's all we got for today. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. We're sitting at a 
about 40 minutes of a podcast, maybe, maybe so. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, you know, it's, it's good to be back talking again, good to be back on the podcast. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on the summer, so hopefully we can get more podcasts out for you guys. And uh, big news, big news. And I, I meant to go say this at the beginning. We are on Apple Music now. <laughs> we are on Apple, excuse me, Apple Podcast. You know, I'm going I'm to drop a flex bomb for that. I have, to, I have to wait a little bit. Some type of flex bomb for that. We are on Apple Podcast, and that was a big thing for us. Uh, you know, we're finally finally able to get our stuff out there. So, you know, if you're listening on Spotify, go spend the block. Listen on Apple Podcast. Leave a good review for us. You know, just help help us get out there, man. Because we, you know, we we got we got heavy schedules. We put a lot of time into this, and you know, we just. It, it, it's fun at the end of the day, but you know, it, it just it comes with it comes with some work. So, you know, help us out. Go leave a good review, and um, it's pretty much all I got, man. You got anything to say today? Yes. Anything else to say? As always, I want to thank the listeners that come out here. We the last episode we dropped was back in February, but y- y'all still here. Y'all still listening to us. Just know we will be a bit more active now that all of these uh, organizational responsibilities, these class works, these finals are done. So we can come out here, probably drop a video bi-weekly again. And uh, Apple, I mean, I'm no, I'm no big fan of Apple, Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, so on and so forth. But we finally made it. I mean, we made it. So we're going to keep coming out. Yes, sir, man. We're on Apple now. Next step is YouTube. We're coming for that, too. Eventually, we'll get these face cams, and we'll, we'll, we'll set all that up eventually. We'll get to it. But, um. You know, like you said, it's good to be talking to you guys again. Thank you guys for listening. As always, coming back every week, or not every week now, whenever we drop, really. But just coming back and listening to us and, you know, giving us a spin. So we really appreciate it. But um, that being said, man, I'm Kenny, as always, here with Seraphim. This has been And Then There Were Two, and we're out.